Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We're about 20 minutes away from Doug Matthews. The coach is going to join us. He is in the building. Uh-oh. Nobody ever comes to see us. In the building. We get more Zooms and phone calls, but the coach, is, he's brave enough to come sit in the same room with us. I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. well, he's sitting closest to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Urban Meyer is out in Jacksonville. He's sitting nowhere. The Titans continue to prep for Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh prep uh, continues. Let's hit you with this just because I retweeted this from Jimmy Wyatt just a couple of minutes ago, the who did and who didn't practice report because I know that you uh, guys and gals are interested in that. Most of you are tight. Many of you all say are Titans fans. Not spotted on the practice field today per Jim Wyatt. Jack Rabbit. Once again, not mm. spotted. Yep, the rabbit. Which makes our guest from the first hour of Buster's screen that much more valuable. Mm. By the way, go and listen to, to today's podcast if you're just if you're just checking in. David Long, or I'm sorry, Mark Long. Mark Long. I got I'm looking at David Long's name because he once again didn't practice. Let me finish this. Jack Rabbit, David Long, Dane Cruikshank, Tory Carter, Roger Saffold, Laurel Murchison, Tier Tart did not practice today. That's the did not practice list. Saffold? Saffold, he missed yesterday too. I know from from the nerve stuff. Yeah, and oh, huh. must be real sensitive. You're not doing a lot of hitting, but you are using your arms and extending, and that could get you irritated, especially if somebody swipe on your arm. And, yeah, and do all that. Uh, dang, <clears throat> I want to see that offensive line play. Play better. I know they are, but man, I want to see him out there. So, Tory Carter missed yesterday. Cruikshank missed yesterday. Jackrabbit missed yesterday. David Long missed yesterday. Murchison, I'm comparing the list. Murchison and Saffold, and they all missed yesterday and today. Yeah. Well, I'm not too concerned now with some of it with, with the, the Long because I know he's playing great, but you know, you got the replacement uh, in that you got another linebacker in Cunningham just in case for depth until he gets ready. So what I like about what they're doing with all these different guys that they're bringing in and they're on the roster is now there's no panic mode and they're getting experience out in this system and they're ready to keep it moving, whether it's a COVID test or an injury, going down this stretch and into the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, yeah, depth is, is your friend with guys with experience and still got a lot left in the tank. What is Cunningham like? Twenty six or so, or twenty seven? Man, so that you know, whatever. He's twenty. He's. Uh, Man, I think he's, he turned twenty seven, maybe yesterday. Oh, yeah. So, that's, so he just turned twenty seven. Yeah, screen this week, and then you get guys. But I mean, man, we get Chris Jackson back. I mean, man, just think we got some good young player, solid job there. Man, I John Robinson with these later on the couch pickups. And later round guys has done a A plus on that. Foreman, Hilliard, yeah, on that, the couch. There's that, that no disputing that. Yeah. Um. No setback apparently today for Bud Dupree. That's big news as he continues to work to come back. And as you pointed out last week, this is his team, this is Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I imagine he wants to play real well against Pittsburgh. Like, hey man, this is what yeah. y'all missing out on? Oh yeah, he's going to show him that he's the real forty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy got on there. It's an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Uh, he, yeah. you know, he. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I mean, he's yeah. had this game. I'm sure he's had this game circled. Uh, the. You haven't said this, and a lot of times you'll just offer it up. Very, ca- if you listen to this show, blame will very casually. This is what I think, or. I don't know. I'd watch out for this. You slip things in every once in a while. If there's something you really feel like, I know this, uh-huh. you'll just say it. You don't make a big plot. 
I'll, I'll make a big proclamation sometimes. I feel really feel like I know something. You don't. You just slip it in. Well, I'm making the proclamation, then you'll just say something that you know. A lot of times you watch tape and you'll say, the Titans are better than this team. They may lose, but they're better. Yeah. If you look at the Steelers, this is not the Steel Curtain of the 70s. It's mm-hmm. not the 80s Steelers. It's not the 90s Steelers. Heck, it's not the 2000s. They have some issues. They cannot stop the run. They're 30th in the league against the run. You know, we had Buster Screen on earlier, and he was talking about Big Ben. He's like, you know, when I first got in the league, he played for the Browns. He saw him twice a year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the thing about Big Ben was they would say, oh, no, that you can hang on him, and he's just going to – He's just going to carry you around until he throws the ball down the field. and Or he's going to break the tackle. Right, right or just break the tackle. And he never really ran down the field. He would just stay in the pocket with, like, bullets bouncing off of him. I've never seen anything like it. He's so yeah. big and so strong. But over time, Father Time's undefeated. Mm-hmm. Buster Screen talked about, you know, that aspect of his game. He said he, he's still a great quarterback. He said he's getting rid of the ball faster than anybody in the league. And that idea that he can just hold off everybody hitting him anymore you just can't do that. And he's going down like, you know, a ton of bricks, too. I, I saw him. <laughs> I was like, whoa. The Vikings hit him Ooh, so hard. They did. So They sacked him, I think, five. Yeah. They hit him so many times. The look on his face hurt me to watch. Mm, I completely agree with that. I, I was. That's why I said I thought they were done. And yep. when they came back, that's what I said. Sometimes, you know, people think, oh, that was the last hurrah. Well, when you got a guy who's a Hall of Famer, you just never – Count him out, even at the end. Yeah. At the end. And, and good example, I, I'm, I'm saying this because it happened to me. Oh, gosh. Joe, Joe Montana, Montana did it when he was a chief. <laughs> we hit him, and he was done. I mean, done. I thought I hit him, and I destroyed him. You made the noise that he made. Yeah, I, I just I, I couldn't believe he oh. came back out of the second half and then just tore us apart. I, and I, <laughs> so I, you just got to be careful. Um. And you just never know. They're back at home, home cooking. They got extra time. Remember, they played on Thursday. So they got extra time, prepare, and rest. Yep. So that's a time when a guy can pull a rabbit out of his hat when you're a Hall of Fame player and go back in time and play well because he's getting more rest. I remember going into that game on Thursday. He talked about how he didn't get to rest and he had to practice. He said this in an interview. See, he's so... That's what makes me nervous. And all the stats, and yeah, they're bad, and it gets to run everything. Guess what? That's why I say they could possibly play their best game defensively. You know why? They know the Titans are going to run the football, and they're going to bust them in their mouth. And, and when you, oh, you play at home yeah. in Hines, uh, oh, those fans will call them out now. They they So whenever you're playing at home, you just never know. Now, if the Titans are a better team, yes. Should they win this game? Yes. I don't even know who, who's favorite. I'm, I'm assuming the Titans were. I didn't even I haven't looked at that. But Titans. the Titans are the better team. And just like he said that Big Ben screen is throwing the ball and the fastest up. I'd love to see where Tannehill's on that list too. Uh huh. Because he's getting rid of the ball pretty quick. Probably not as fast as Big Ben, but man, with the way the protection was, they're gonna be sitting on routes too on the short slants and oh, quick plays. It's even now. Oh, it's, it's an even game. Even. Yeah, See? down to even. So yeah. we could talk about all this we want to, but they're at home. They got extra time and rest and play and to pre- pre- you know, prepare for the Titans. So this, whatever you play in the Titans, you better be ready. I mean, the Steelers, you better be ready to go. Sorry. They did just, just that kind of organization. Um, and they've never, I don't think, Tom, has he ever had a losing record? Mm-mm. Yeah, so, yeah, you got to be, they still got a shot. It, it, outside shot of making the playoffs. Whether they're two games back. A game and a half because they got the the tie right there. Six right? six and one. Uh, the 
Colts are seven and six, and I think they're the. I'm talking about even in the AFC North now. They they only two games back, and the Ravens, I think. I mean, you know, the Ravens. Uh, hey man, without a uh, Magic Man at number eight, Jackson, you never know. Well, here's the thing. Here's the AFC. They uh, still got a shot. Here's the whole AFC North. Baltimore's eight and five. Cleveland is seven and six. Cincinnati is seven and six. Pittsburgh is six six and one. Anybody can win that. There's four Anybody. games left. That's yeah. why. You, yeah, wide open. A, well, yeah, so they still they're still playing for something here. Yep. So I, I don't want to make an assumption that oh this is no burner we're gonna win. You're playing there, it's the Steelers. You got to be ready. Better put on your heart and ready to get. You better get after. I mean, get after because this team will not. What they showed me in that Minnesota game, they will not die and they will not give up. Because really, they should have won the game. The guy, I mean, it was a heck of a play in the end zone over the Vikings. He should have caught the ball. Harrison Smith. Safety made a fantastic yeah, because the Notre ball Dame, was yeah. caught. Yeah, yeah, he, he hit it. Wedged Ooh. it out. They, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was excited. I was like, wow, this is, I can't believe it looked like two different teams in a half. The now, thing that scares me the most about Pittsburgh, I, obviously. Now, Cook the, did run all through them, though. I mean, <laughs> he ran Cook ran, they ran know. for 242 yards he, against them. Oh, my. But we, we, watch this. We don't have Dalvin Cook on our team. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, so we can talk about how we want to. Yeah, Dalvin Cook, he's one of the top five running backs in the NFL. Period. So we don't have that guy. We got some good, solid players uh, playing the position now. So, you know, where Cook is taking it to the house or the King is taking it to the house, they are not taking it to the house. So we shall see how much they continue to plod along and get, you know, 15, 20, and maybe they can take one to the house. The Steelers are so loaded, though, with offensive talent. Friar Muth, the rookie tight end, I know he didn't come up with that one, but he's they're basically oh, calling him the second talent. coming of Heath great Miller up there. Deontay Johnson, oh, even yeah. from, the, from the Mac, from the Mac. Vrabel going on and on about what a good route runner and how mm-hmm. good that guy is. Mm-hmm. He's not even talking about Chase Claypool. All people have been talking about is him holding up the ball after he got a first down. Whatever. He's still capable. Freak weapon. Yes. And then, oh, by the way, Najee Harris. Harris. Mm-hmm. Who's what? He may be second on a team in receptions. He and Firemuth have combined for over a hundred catches yeah, so between the two you, of them rookies. I tell you where Roethlisberger is going most of the time. Yes, eighteen, eighty-eight, and twenty-two. Checking down. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. So that, let alone they got the kid from uh, Oklahoma State, Washington, who's a top, you know, picky second, third round guy. People forget about him. So they, they man, <laughs> they have some weapons. And oh, by the way, they got another guy in the secondary there. Call uh, Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good safety. They still have a lot of talent. Hayden. Still Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Hayden, is, Hayden has been hurt, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't – typically they haven't won when he hasn't played. Got the UK, real, uh, UT guy out there, Sutton. Yeah, I remember we wanted Sutton. Mm-hmm. And they paid him and let the other guy – The shark guy go. They let the other guy go who Sutton was kind of backing up. Right. Oh, yeah. they like Sutton too. Yeah, Milton who went to the uh, Bengals. Yeah. We just picked uh, Roethlisberger and went to the house last week. The week <laughs> Bye. See y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Well. Uh, we got we got Coach Matthews coming up next. Doug Matthews next. Let's talk some UT. Let's talk some balls on Blaine and Mickey. Doug it fresh. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We love this time. Man, we, Coach, we missed you last week. Uh, Coach Doug Matthews, our guest, uh, we missed out on you. Man, that was 
we were lonely last week without you. Thanks for coming back. It's good to see you again. Well, good to be here. Uh, big, nice, no signing date yesterday. And yeah. Of course, we got the we got a lot of football coming up here, so it's a good time. It really is. Um, let's talk about signing day. Let's just start there. The Vols wound up with a uh, a number eleven class on rivals uh, fourteen. On 247 always makes me laugh. They're rating the same people, and they give them different scores. Either way, it's top 15, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, first off, kind of looking at it, it, it was uh, talking to several of the recruiting coordinators around the conference and the country. A&M, Georgia, and Alabama just mopped up one one very the rich get richer right yes, they do <laughs> well and these aren't recruiting services i'm talking about recruiting coordinators who know and go into this uh-huh. yeah. one of them's comment was uh you know after alabama a&m and, and georgia signed said there wasn't minute much to go around and the reason for it is quite frankly that three schools and we're talking about the southern area primarily but but nationwide also Three schools that normally have really good years, Clemson, LSU, and Florida, all were mm. below 25. Yep. Now, Coaching changes say, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say this, though. Of course, we know two of them have brand-new coaches. Right, and then the OC and D.C. left Clemson. Had, had mm-hmm. coaching changes. But the, the plus thing for any of those fan bases are this. Clemson and LSU only signed 13, so that plays into it. So they've got a good number to go, and Florida only signed 10. Oh, so, okay, uh, good stuff. So that that plays into it on that. But uh, Tennessee had a good day, a solid day, a uh, uh, a day that uh, where it, they signed twenty players, one junior college, and and nineteen high school players. Mm-hmm. Eleven on offensive side of the ball, nine on defense, which is what they need. Uh, they need to start doing. Coach Hopkins needs to start doing is kind of filling out those younger bases, mm-hmm. those younger classes, getting his base on that knowing that there's going to be a number of transfer portal players that will be coming in. And I think Tennessee probably will end up – I thought it was going to be more, uh, but probably will end up somewhere in five or six transfer for, for transfer portal players. Uh, and one reason they're able not to do as many as they thought originally is because they got players coming back. Right. Flowers is coming back. Carvin's coming back. Bumpus is coming back. A couple more are coming back. And so those technically – are kind of transfer players, but they're just staying at your place. Normally they would be leaving, but they had that COVID year and they're all coming back. But uh, Tennessee had a, uh, what I would say, a good, solid year. The negative can turn into a positive, but they only signed two players within the state of Tennessee and only right. one from Middle Tennessee. And if Coach Heupel is going to get this program back to competitive championship level in this league, uh, he's going to have to to at least control, if not dominate, Middle Tennessee. He knows that. There were reasons why. But the good news is he has a very highly ranked class without getting really any of the top players in this state. But uh, you can't let four- and five-star players leave this state and go to Alabama, go to Georgia, Kentucky. go to Clemson. Yeah. You're going to lose, you know, the ones that Kentucky's after probably, uh, and, and the two twin brothers in mm-hmm. particular, that was a little different situation. But bottom line is going forward, there's reasons why they, when they came in, not able to get out, out and see coaches. But recruiting and controlling Middle Tennessee is going to be big. I think it's one reason why Coach Heupel is really excited, and he is excited to come to the Mute City Bowl. Right. Because he's going to be able to meet a bunch of former Vols, 
How many former Vols we got around here? Good gosh. We got one working on this radio station. Yeah. A hundred maybe. One football, one basketball. Uh, and, uh, uh, and also alumni. And then recruits, of course, are going to be able to come to practice and do things like that. Sure. So it's, uh, it's, but it was a good day. It really was. Yeah, gosh, lots of what stuff. What a great day. But it was a good day. There you go. Well, you got to string good days together. You'll get to the great ones. Coach Doug Matthews, our guest, love having him on. Same time every week. Remember this, drunk you makes bad decisions, so make a plan before you party during this holiday season. The Tennessee Highway Safety Office reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. The Tennessee Highway Safety Office puts Coach Matthews on with us each week. Love it. Well, Coach, uh, man, naturally, I, I thought it was actually a good day. It's kind of like a uh, – uh, even more than that, it's kind of like the season. I thought they'd be six six. They finished with seven wins. So you consider that great? I, you know, I, I don't know, but considering he got none of the big players out of the state, as you mentioned, I thought it was a pretty good day in, in his ranking to justify all of that. But when you're sitting in the coach meeting, because all the coaches are always going to say head coaches who are there interviewing, oh, we had a great day. They love it and everything else. But what is actually going on behind the scenes? Not particularly Tennessee, but what are they really saying when you're having the meetings? You know, because, you know, some guys you say, ah, this guy's probably going to be potentially a backup, but, you know, hey, it was good to have him around. He's a good kid, uh, you know, maybe special team guy. What are really the conversations behind the scenes after a recruiting day, whether it's good or bad or indifferent, they'll never tell us. But, yeah, what are the conversations? Well, I want to behind the scenes. I want to be that fly on the wall. And, Blaine, you're right. I've Since they've started uh... – Televising and publicizing mm-hmm. this. I've never heard of Hood Coach. Hood coach <laughs> right, you know, we, we just signed a crappy class this year. <laughs> next That's why I said, not just necessarily Tennessee, yeah. but just what are really things said by coaches in the, in those. You, you, know, you certainly know, and uh, and what some of the uh, I don't I don't go a whole lot off rankings, but mm-hmm. there's no question that it's easy to see that the teams who are highly ranked every year are the ones that are winning championships. So obviously there's something to that, but it also gets down to, and let's take coach Heupel's offense. His offense is different and will recruit a different type of player than George's offense will. So, uh, you know, that, that plays into it also, but you certainly know on it and you're always encouraged. You don't sign anybody that you don't think can play for, for you. Uh, there's certain areas that you're looking for, and I think one of the pluses for Tennessee was mm-hmm. they signed four offensive linemen in this class, and that's mm. big. Uh, they signed four defensive linemen in this class, and that's big. You know, those are the two areas. Mm. There are, and and you guys know this as well as I do, just from looking at Middle Tennessee. There's a lot of really good running backs out there. There's oh, not oh, a lot of great oh. ones, but there's a lot. Every yeah, yeah. Every, every college has a good mm-hmm. to yeah. real good running back, or mm-hmm. maybe two. There's a lot of good wide receivers out there. Because they play so much seven-on-seven, and there's more of them out there. And running backs, there's very few top offensive and defensive linemen. And then, of course, the whole key is getting that quarterback. In today's football, you have to have a quarterback that can win games for you. Uh, People ask me about Clemson, you know, what's been their demise. I said, well, I wouldn't call only losing three games at demise. Right, that nine and three. What a demise. But the difference is, for six years, they had Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You know, and uh, this year, wow. they didn't have the guy at that position. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but no, Tennessee had a, had a good year. Uh, they the, mm-hmm. they did. And the I think the plus thing, and I know from t- talking to Coach Heupel, what excites him right now is, what if they would have had this year and got th- two, three, four 
of the blue chip football players in Middle Tennessee, then you're talking about probably a top five recruiting year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you can put that with what you got, had eight players out of Georgia, which is always going to be big for Tennessee. Ten- right. All good Tennessee recruiting classes have players out of Georgia. It's close, same time zone. You know, there's a lot of players down there, and uh, but but all in all, it was a it, it was a good year. We're, we're going to find out how good year. And one one plus for them is they got 20 signees. 14 of them, I've heard I've heard 13, but a coach up there told me 14 of them are going to be early enrollees. So they will be have six months of strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. training, learning. Training course, table. And practicing it, at the bowl. And go through yeah. spring practice. Well, some, all of them aren't going to be at the bowl. A couple of them, I think, are. Oh, but okay. they'll all go through spring practice. And so mm. uh, those are pluses also. Mm. I guess talk to me a little bit about the transfer portal in – just in general for college football, the good and, and the bad. You know, it seems like it's hurting the high school kids. Uh, if you're kind of that borderline kid that, uh, man, they say, hey, man, we, we see a product we know they can play in this league because we've seen them on film. There's, got an, there's, there's two things that are going on now in college okay. athletics that's going to have to be worked on college football. It's going to affect every sport, but college football in particular. One is the transfer portal, and the other is the early signing day. The problem with the transfer portal, uh, it, it, it problem is not the right word, but it nobody really knows where where the boundaries are on mm-hmm. it. You know, it's something that's new. Universities supposedly are not supposed to be involved. They most certainly are. It is not supposed to be yeah. used for a recruiting tool. It most certainly is. Right. But because of the, you know, the Supreme Court ruling because congress involved in this there's they really the nca really can't get their hands on this much so what's going to have to happen on this is they're going to have to go through maybe a year or two years they'll get together and talk about it but right now it's pretty much do what you want to do really and uh, all of this can be handled through some alumni mm-hmm. technically giving money through name image likeness all of it perfectly uh, legal mm-hmm. to get players to come in. But the other part is the early signing day that's really caused a lot of problems. Uh, it was a good idea because uh, <laughs> most most people th- thought, I, I would have been one of them, said, you know, if players know where they want to go, they've been recruited for three years, the good ones, mm-hmm. if they know where they want to go, let's have an early signing day, let them sign. Coaches liked it because then they didn't have to recruit them through December and Christmas and all of that. Sounded good. But where the problem came in was, okay, we're having this early signing date. Now what happens if you're going to fire a coach? Early. You, got to fire you, him early. If you wait till the end of the year, you had 15 days to get a coach, get his staff together, and sign a class. So what do they do? We had three or four instances, major universities, Southern Cal, uh, LSU, Florida, that fired their coach in the middle of the year. Well, that's not good. You know, but – it was the only way they could handle it then. And you look at these schools now, LSU, Florida, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame had a, a pretty decent recruiting mm-hmm. class, but they, they would have been higher. They all had that same problem. Oklahoma, Southern Cal isn't even listed now. They only had six signees. They will certainly get more. But So that's what's going to be addressed. The early signing date for sure. I think what will eventually will happen on that is that it will be moved. It'll still be an early date, but I think it'll probably move, be moved back to January. One other thing that a, a head coach told me, which mm-hmm. makes sense if you think about it, he said, Doug, season's over. 
first of December, a little before that. Uh, I instead of being out on the road recruiting, which I have to be if I'm going to sign players December fifteenth, I need to be talking to the players, my own players here, to and, and to, to keep, keep them, and also to talk to them about going pro and all those things. I can't do that when I'm out of the office. You have to be out of the office because you're not going to have a good recruiting class. So I think all those things are going to play into it. Still think it's a good idea. Still think they'll have an early signing date, but it'll probably be somewhere around, uh, you know, uh, uh, first week to second week in January, which which will still be good. But they may not do that because some coaches some coaches like it. But it's uh, uh, the transfer portal is going to be a uh, it's going to be really good for the people that really jump ahead of it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really bad for folks that that don't. And quite honestly, Blaine, you 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 came from a, a small school, mm-hmm. not or not a power five school. The ball states, the MTSU's. There's no way it can help them because those are the programs that are going to get hit. Let's use Kevin Byard as an example. Mm-hmm. Does anybody in, in this day and age he would have left and went to a big school? He certainly would have yeah, had the opportunity. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a great player as a yeah. freshman. Mm-hmm. Now he may not have. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just using him Speaking as an example. Him, but yeah, but. Most likely, he would have had a lot of opportunities with name, image, likeness, and and uh, you know, and the transfer portal to move on. So, I don't think it's going to hurt the big schools. Uh, I talked to the recruiting coordinator in Alabama today. They are probably going to take one or two transfers. They mm-hmm. did this year. Worked out pretty well for them. Yeah. Williams, <laughs> and toe, toe. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Worked out, worked out pretty well for them, but. Uh, uh, Anyway, that's kind of, that's where, that's kind of where we are right now because it's a great it's a great time though because you know what the innovative the the forward thinking head coaches Coach, right mm-hmm. that see something down the road hey this they is go, what's going to happen we need mm-hmm. to get ahead of everybody those are the ones mm-hmm. that are going to be ahead down the road and the ones that aren't they're going to be complaining you know kind of like that old poker analogy you know the winner say deal. And the losers say complain. Well said there. We're over Coach Doug Matthews. I guess one more question for me, and you kind of talked about it a little bit, touched on it anyway, and that is, you know, coaches can't talk to players, you know, about going pro and, you know, the signing day and everything is kind of crammed in there. What should be some of the, I know every individual is different, but what's some of the broad brush approach of what they should be considering about going pro or not going pro? Well, the good thing, and this this happened, started maybe 10, 15 years ago. Now it's legal to get a grade from the NFL. Right, right. Uh-huh. If, if, if Blaine Bishop, you might have done it. If Blaine Bishop, No, I don't think so. <laughs> I would have came out my junior year. I don't think my grade changed at all. You're a late-round pick. It didn't change at all. But, you know, you can get a grade now, and that's what they do. They come in and they say, hey, here's your grade. Right. You're a third-rounder. Uh, you know, in my opinion, talking about coaching here, and and coaches are up front on this. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't they're not they don't put pressure on players to stay mm-hmm. because part of the the allure of coming to a school is, hey, we got fifteen guys in the last two years that have been drafted. Right. So you know, mm-hmm. but uh, you say you know. We think let's use a Hendon. Well, you could put on pressure by saying, "Well, I need to know in two days." Well, and you well, do. that's pressure, right? And you do. <laughs> yeah, you got to uh, know. Let's take Hendon Hooker's a good example. Yeah, yeah, there's a guy that probably I don't know what his grade was. I'm assuming it was probably third, fourth, fifth right. round. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 24 years old. He's graduated. Uh, he's got a good family situation. You know, mm-hmm. mother and father uh, had an would have an opportunity, and and I'm just assuming that. At, you know, he sit down with Coach Heupel, and Coach Heupel said, hey, you, you now you know our offense. You know what we're going to be next year. 
we have a good situation here. We walk, we walk through that, and he decided to stay on that. Joe Milton, by the way, decided to stay also, which is a, a little. What, what did he have a choice? I mean, he didn't even hardly play. I mean, very, I mean no, well, he I played, mean, but he could have he could have tra- uh, gone transfer. transfer portal. Uh, oh yeah, he's probably not going to play next year if Hooker doesn't get hurt. But but uh, no, that's uh, that's how you do it, and you talk mm. to him about it, and then if the family's involved, you have the family in. You try to involve everybody. It's just like when you're recruiting them. You know, you you try to get the family involved mm-hmm. and all of that, but uh, you you the, the the grade is the big thing. The NFL is a big thing. Oh, if, yeah. if a young man's going to be first or second round, no, oh, well, you, that's no, no reason brand. for him to right. stay. Right. If he's going right. to be fourth or fifth, and maybe it's a little iffy there. You know, you might want to think about mm-hmm. it. And obviously, if you don't get a grade a drafting grade, you probably need to come back. Mm. Well, we know that's a slippery slope because all it takes is one little nick. And boom, you're not. And then Joe Milton's in, and bam, you lost your starting job, just like you gained it. You know, Blaine. One one of the yeah, things, see, though, and, and and this this has become true since they've they, they've uh, they they reduced the the drafting class. Well, they used to have fifteen, eighteen rounds of draft ba- way back when. Uh, there know. were seventeen, then it well, dropped to twelve. It was eight my year. I came out. Yeah, there were seventeen. It dropped to eight. Then it dropped to seven. Well, if you're going to be a seventh or eighth round draft choice. Yeah. In many instances, it's better to be not get drafted at all and be a free agent. Because then oh, you, absolutely, you, you exactly. Can pick all thirty-two yeah. teams. Yep, that's you know, exactly what I to, was hoping at that point. You know, <laughs> I was, he was like, "Yeah, he supposed to go fourth, fifth round." Then it doesn't happen. Then you go, "Well, it may be better now. You can pick your team because now you can go somewhere where they need a position of your, you know, what you play." Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know anything about Cade Mays or Cedric Tillman? I know both of their camps have been like, "We'll know soon," but we don't know yet. Uh, I would say Cedric Tillman is a about as, as close to 100% as you can get of coming back. Oh, uh, Tillman, okay. I, I believe, will be back. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. The Tennessee coaches certainly believe he's coming back. I'm assuming. Wow. I didn't ask him, but I'm assuming he's, he told them that. Uh, and Cade Mays, I think, is, uh, is right now, uh, at least from their perspective, and it really is, you know, He's a little unique situation because of his father. Mm. You know, he got his brother there, but his father, you know, a former NFL player, lives in Knoxville, great player at Tennessee. Uh, I, I think that would be kind of iffy on him. But the thing about it is he lives there. If he decides to come back, great. Uh, if he doesn't, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's given two great years at the University of Tennessee. Some of this, one thing I'm, uh, I'm going to be looking at is who plays in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, who travels on the bowl team? Uh, but uh, you know they they uh, because the four game redshirt. Mm-hmm. There's several players uh, that that have not played their four games yet. Uh, that uh, if we see them playing down there, we know they're still going to redshirt and going to come back. There's some old players. I think Bumpus is is indicated to the coaches he is going to come back. Carvin, as I mentioned, is going to come back. Uh, Tillman, I believe, will certainly come back. Uh, Hooker has already decided that, and again, that's one reason why, if if most of those players would have left, Tennessee's transfer portal acquisitions would certainly be up around seven, eight, or nine. Right. Right now, they're looking at bringing five in. Mm. Coach, that time just flew by. So next week you can jump on with us. I guess we can talk some more bowl stuff next week because we'll be in the middle of bowl prep. Yep, and uh, we'll know a little bit more about that. There's some late signings. Remember, the the signing date goes oh, right. 15th, 16th, 16th, and 17th. Yes, three so days. Still, yeah. uh, that is true. I feel about that. And there's still some players out there. There's still some players out there. Probably some 
name, image, likeness deals being worked on right now. Well, I think Cade Mays talked about that some. Like, well, if I was going to be picked here, it's about what I'd make. So maybe I can make that much money. You know, one, one area, and we can talk about this in the offseason, but one area I think you're going to see, you're going to see name, image, likeness used for walk-ons. Players that yep. maybe have a scollarship offer to uh, uh, UT Martin, mm. uh, Austin P, you know, Arkansas State, that will say, hey, we're going to get you enough name, image, likeness for you to – it would be like a full scholarship sure. for you coming here. Oh, and, like uh, you said, the innovative teams, they'll do and, that. And what does that do? That, that that adds to your 85. If you get 15 of those, now you got got 100 guys there yeah. instead of 85. Mm-hmm. But, but, again, those are those are things that the – the push the envelope, you know, as Coach Bryant used to say at Alabama, I'd rather, I'd rather say I'm sorry – you know, than than saying, "Dad gum, I wish I'd done that." But again, that, this is quick and I name, image, likeness rules and the transfer portal rules. They're, they're so nobody can get their arms around. Nobody really knows what the rules are. Right. right. Now. So you can kind of make them as you go. Kind of make them as you go. There and you again, go. you say, "Well, I didn't know that." Well, don't do it next time. Okay, with you. Football Saturday, Big Orange Sunday. You can always catch Coach on the Zone here all weekend. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you next week. Good enough. Coach, Ooh, Coach. Matthews. Uh, Jags uh, coaching odds already out there. Who could be next? We'll hit you with those next. Coach, I mean, there were a lot of people who said during the height of, well, what we dealt, what we now know as the height of dealing with COVID, who were like, why are they still playing games? Why are the league still playing it? Because there's money involved and TV shows involved. They just kept playing games. And we had maybe it was Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports. And in the middle, at the height of everything, the craze, he's like, guys, they're going to play all the games. They're going to play every one of them. I can guarantee you that. And they did. And they've continued to. So be interested to see. But uh, the NFL enhancing some COVID protocols that if you are vaccinated, you can test out quicker. Uh, in Jacksonville, by the way, we probably don't pub our podcast enough. Uh, you can catch it on uh, YouTube or anywhere its own TV is is consumed by you. We had some fantastic guests today. Buster Screen came on with us, this thing we just did with Coach Doug Matthews. Mark Long of the Associated Press joined us earlier today, and we'll get you to this Jaguars potential coaching list. Mark Long said when the stuff came out about Lambeau, everybody knew in the building. Was this yesterday, Wednesday? Urban Meyer, he said, left out of the building at the end of the day and never came back. And they, they couldn't find him. And they couldn't find him. Like, hey, man, we got uh, we he, got a game this week. What, yeah, Coach? He, he said enough is enough. He, he, he got to go. Got to go. <laughs> so we got to go. So why in midnight? Why at one o'clock in the morning for the news dump? He said they made the decision to fire him four hours ahead of that. They just spent four hours negotiating yeah. with how it was going to look. Mm. So, and he said the fact that he got fired uh, tells you he's like, I'm not resigning. I'm getting every one of these pennies that you promised me. So uh, you can fire me if you want to. Pay me all the money you got. Oh, dang. And he pointed out what Shy Khan's worth nine billion or something. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. at it. I see. I don't think he's gonna lose any sleep. Well, he may, you know, maybe oh, a little bit. Yeah, and maybe a little bit. But you know, that was just a. Oh, I wake up and like, dang, I messed that up. Let me do something else. Then he go back to sleep. I mean, that'd be like four hundred dollars <laughs> to a regular person, maybe or forty. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how to compute that in the billions. Oh man! All right, Blaine brought this up earlier. You usually hire the opposite of the guy that just failed. Typically, yeah. That's opposite hire. The theory. So here you go. This is from Bet Online uh, odds. Next Jags full time head coach Byron Left, which is the clubhouse leader, four to one. Then Kellen Moore of Dallas. Mm. Uh, you talk about squeaky clean. Daryl Bevel, who's the interim guy, eleven to two. Eric Bieniemy, who a lot of people have been waiting for him to get a shot, seven to one. As is Joe Brady, who just, if I'm not mistaken, just got fired. 
in Carolina, Joe Brady. Mm. But he, here he is again, Doug Peterson. The names that Mark Josh Wa- McDaniel was on there. Josh McDaniels is later on down the line. Oh, okay. Doug Peterson and Brian Daybowl, Matt Everflus, mm, uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, Josh McDaniels is fourteen to one, along with Pete Carroll. Jim Caldwell, 16 to 1. Kyle Shanahan, 16 to 1. Marvin Lewis, 16 to 1. And Mike Tomlin at 25 to 1. Mike Tomlin. That ain't happening. Huh? That's a real thing that happened on Earth. That was put out today by Bet Online. Here are the names that Mark Long said to watch Doug Peterson, Eric Bienemy, Josh McDaniels. I don't know how Byron Leftwich isn't in the mix. I mean, he's one of the more popular Jags players of all time, has been getting good reps as, and as an assistant and part of this Tom Brady mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I, I like I like all those names, uh, McDaniel's, Leftwich, uh, even Caldwell. I, I got to go the NFL route, and you don't have to have a head coaching experience, but I want to develop my quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. So it's going to be an offensive guy. If not, I need to know immediately who is your OC if if you're a defensive guy, defensive head coach. Time for us to get out of here on this rainy day. Three HL coming up next. Wishing everybody a happy Thursday, right? Yeah, it is Thursday. It is. Be safe out there too, because it's a little wet around the whistle there, going around that corner. It is. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, in between time, Mickey, as always, you know it. Peace. Peace.